Shimp Spear, Butcher's Block, and the End of the World? Is this the real news or is it just Horror TV Weekly? All that and more next. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. You know, this song has a lot more context if you've seen the ridiculous video. Oh my God, and we're back again. <laughs> Brothers, yeah, they were like werewolves and stuff. Yeah, like werewolves, vampires, mummies. Any <laughs> and, way to connect yeah. the Bastion Boys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and, and even though I didn't have Nick Carter on my wall, I had Fox Mulder, and we'll get to that later. But I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. But I'm not the only one here for Horror TV Weekly. I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Hey, y'all. Happy Creepy New Year. This is Chauncey K. Robinson, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss Chauncey K.R. Yes, and even though we're enjoying our Backstreet Boys, we've got so much news because we've been off for a few weeks, which is why, you know, Backstreet's back. You know, all right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, um, speaking of things from the 90s, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has released their first concept art for the Netflix show. Cre- uh, Chief Creative Officer Roberto Aguar uh, Sascasa. Uh, If I butchered that, I'm really sorry. Please send me the correct pronunciation. I could not find it. But yeah, like this seems really cool and creepy. And this honestly makes me a little bit more intrigued with the show in a way. Because I'm like, if we're going to go dark, let's go all the way dark. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, Yeah, there's something. I mean, I was trying when I was looking at it earlier, there's something going on with the woods. Looks like a little bit of a bonfire, but she's like the only person there. Although, I mean, we've seen shows before where it seems like everything goes wrong during a bonfire in like small suburban towns. So, yeah, (laughs) you know, it's kind of it's playing into the trope of, you know, scary movie stuff. So I don't mind that. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I mean, well, hell, are you afraid the dark is being revived, which is always around a fire telling creepy (laughs) stories. I mean, every show is done. On that 70s show, all of that. And then, too, bonfires and creepy and tragedy. It's like, well, I remember when A&M had their bonfire yeah. debacle. But <laughs> that was real, so that's not fun. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, the jury's still out. You know, there's still people who wonder if this Sabrina re- reboot is even, you know, where it's going to go, especially in connection to Riverdale. But I think, I mean, considering the time and effort they're putting into this, and it does have the comic book series um, behind it, and now with this um, concept art, it's definitely something that's shaped. It's not haphazard, which gives me a little bit of a better feeling for it. Well, and two, as I say, they're like, no, this is based on the comic books. These comic books, not the Sabrina series. And it's like, okay, so they have a clear-cut idea. It's not just like, Hey, let's make this really dark for no reason. So yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah I think I think people. I and, and definitely when I saw the comment section on de- various articles about it, people are like, "Oh my gosh, this is Sabrina of my '90s childhood." And you know, I yeah. felt the same way. But I think no matter how many times you tell people this is based <laughs> off of some comic book that they probably haven't read, they're still going to be like, "Oh my gosh, where's my, you know?" Like this is not what I remember. So even with the comic book series, it's definitely going to have to. I feel like uh, kind of strike its own kind of originality 
with it as well. It might even get more people to go to the comic book series. Well, and two, one thing I hope that they do is like with Riverdale and some of these other things is sort of tie in some of the people from the other show. Like as, you know, Berlanti is so good at doing, Melissa Joan Hart has to be involved somehow, even if she's one of the aunts or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think, will bring more people in even with the dark subject matter. Yeah. I I think some people are hoping Riverdale doesn't go to it considering that some people aren't exactly satisfied with their season this season. I'm just hearing rumblings. I don't actually watch the show. I like the Zodiac, the now Manson murders storyline, but the that's janitor, just me. Yeah. What? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. I know. I'm like, I would have wished a better reveal, but maybe that's not all of it. Maybe huh? it's a fake out. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. But once again, what we were yeah. saying before is that this is definitely going to have an overt magical element to it. So, Riverdale hasn't gone there yet. So, that's the question of if they can or if it's going to be you know, Sabrina's not really... And if she's, and if they combine it, it's like, okay, so there's magic in Archie's universe. So are they going to take that leap or are they going to keep it kind of, you know, murder mystery? Well, it's sort of like the Arrow conundrum. You know, when Arrow first started, they were like, we are grounded. We are not magical. We are not superhero. We are just like vigilanteism. But then once the flash happened, it was like, fuck it. <laughs> like, Although with yeah. the flash, they tried to yeah. make it more science yeah. than anything. But, you know, then they started jumping to different worlds <laughs> and there's Martians. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. wow, this is the deep universe. Yeah, and that's sort of the thing is like that was a good way to sort of transition people in, especially with the CW and there was that gap between Smallville and that. And even then, Smallville always had sort of a little bit of a grounded element as did Buffy and, you know, even Supernatural to an extent. But as the shows evolve, the more they get involved with these things. Like, I mean, Dane's died how many times on Supernatural? I mean, it just, eventually we just don't care. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I think if it works for the show, especially with Riverdale, um, depending on what direction they're trying to go, it might help for yeah. them. It might help them to have that Sabrina element to it, to just kind of add it to be more than just melodramatic teen dark drama. Well, and two, as I've always said, Riverdale is David Lynch meets John Hughes, and I would love to see them more get into the later Lynchian stuff because you know when Twin Peaks initially started, I know some people will argue this, but they're not Lynchians, so I don't care. Okay, but like it's like the first season of Twin Peaks is pretty well just like a mystery romance. Like, yeah, there's not yeah. a lot of supernatural elements to it. That started coming in later and was certainly more present in, like, A Fire Walk With Me and The Return. So that's the thing is that and then with Mulholland Drive and a lot of other David Lynch movies, it's not necessarily always just so obviously mm-hmm. supernatural. And that's what I always feel with Riverdale is there's always been that element. And I was surprised that they didn't sort of go the the zombie route initially with Jason Blossom and stuff like people thought, but this is sort of them sprinkling it in. Mm. Yeah. And that's what shows like Bones and Lucifer and Sleepy Hollow did really kind of well was keeping it real with a little bit or grim. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sleepy Hollow before season two. Yeah, after season two, but yeah, yeah. When I quit watching after John Noble died, I was (laughs) like, "I'm not watching." I mean, there's definitely. I mean, I think there's something to be said for like magical realism or urban fantasy or whatever you know it is, and um, I think definitely with Sabrina, they will probably go that route overtly. So if they could do it with Riverdale, and what's is there another universe? Oh, Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, they're already on Riverdale. So and I still am campaigning for them to get their own spinoff. Yeah, (laughs) because I really love the actress who plays Valerie. I wish she had more screen time. I'm like, yeah, like she is great. So with you on. Yeah, that was the some, best character. Can we just say she's yeah. also got some great music, y'all? Yeah. The actress, like, can we play that up? They are like wasting her time so far. It, it feels like, yeah, because it's like her and Archie were together for a hot 
minute. Don't and it's make like, me. Like, you know, as someone well, who reads the Archie yeah. comics, <laughs> you know, Valerie and yeah. Archie were like a big couple, actually, aside from Betty and Veronica, and they totally crapped on that. So I don't know if they're ever going to come back to it. But anyway, Sabrina, yeah. maybe that'll do yeah. better when it comes to, you know, the relationships and just the, I don't know, the history of it. I mean, you can have, you can change a show, a show's like, elements in it and themes but you know you got to kind of keep the the essence of the characters and stuff so yeah and that's what i feel like riverdale you know a lot of people disagree but i think that for the most part they're doing something great with something that was so innocent and true in a way but they kind of kept the essence of the characters but made it 2017 in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways and i feel like sabrina can do that too Yeah, yeah for sure yeah you know, it's a fun show. Watch it. <laughs> but yeah, Netflix also has the end of the effing world premieres yeah. this Friday. And this seems like a really cool show. I did not even really know much about it until I started looking to see what was coming up on Hard TV. But let's watch the trailer now. I'm 17 and I'm pretty sure I'm a psychopath. <laughs> when I was nine, I put my hand in a deep fat fryer. I wanted to make myself feel something. School was beneath me. But it was a good place for observation and selection. I had a plan. I was going to kill someone. Hey. I've seen you skating. You're pretty shit. Fuck off. Working all day with my mind on fire. I can't stop thinking of you. I kind of think I could fall in love with him. Is I it wrong that I relate to, to this James character? She's nice. What is? I thought probably he was gay. He does prick. Let's leave the shithole town. That sounds I'm like going whether you come with me or not. You in? I didn't know where we were going or when I was going to kill her. <laughs> I punched my dad in the face and stole his car, and that felt like a good place to start. We can literally do anything. Do you want to go on a date? I will have a banana split and an extra fucking spoon. Sorry, that's it, right? Oh, yeah. See if Marvin can make a banana split for me, you fucking... Seemed that Alyssa had some issues. <laughs> I feel safe with James. Being with Alyssa had started to make me feel things. I didn't like it at all. Have you ever eaten a pussy before? <laughs> a lot of the time you don't register the important moments as they happen. You only see that they were important when you look back. Seatbelts. Fuck seatbelts. Take your top off. I think I'm stuck. Do you think it's going to explode? It's not a film. I might be able to fix it. We can't just leave it here. Do you reckon you can still fix it? Why is no one stopping? Probably because you've got your tits out. No one stops the weirdos except other weirdos. Do you want to lift? Come on. I am going to be so fucked off if we get murdered. Yeah, this is a dark little story, but I love it. I'm like, I kind of relate to these characters in a way. I mean, it's, I mean, I I guess we'll see if he actually ends up killing somebody. It'd be kind of cool. No, I don't want to say kind of cool if he kills her eventually. (laughs) Like, if they just kind of go with it. But, like, this uh, idea of sort of uh, a character that are already kind of broken is an interesting concept as opposed to, like, oh, he's a good guy and he meets a crappy, you know, like a kind of jaded girl. Like, they're both. Yeah, they're both pretty jaded, and I think that's what makes this interesting, is both characters are pretty dark and disturbing, and they're sort of on this journey together. And I like stuff like that, where 
It's not like, oh, broken person versus non-broken person. They live happily ever after. That's not things how things work. Broken pieces fit together. Yeah. yeah. And, I was <laughs> and like, that's the dating yeah. advice. I'm like, whoops. Like, so I was like, this is terrible <laughs> advice. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm Go search for some broken people, guys. <laughs> um, no, I think it's interesting because it seems like sort of a Dexter coming of age yeah. story. You know, like he's, al- he's already accepted at this point that he's a killer. It's not like he's fighting it. He's like, I'm a killer. I just need someone to kill and maybe her, you know. So I think that'll be interesting. And the actors seem really, I don't know if I, I haven't seen them in anything before. Yeah, they seem pretty young. new, which is nice. Um, yeah. Which is nice, that yeah. kind of newness of not of being able to just look at them in their roles as this. So we'll see. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting where it goes. And is it is it set for another season or is it just kind of a one season deal, do you know? You know, I'm not really sure. I wonder if we can figure that out because, yeah, it seems like a pretty well a bookend sort of show. Yeah. But as we've seen in the past, like a lot of these bookend shows like Big Little Lies, which was based on like I'm still a book wondering how they're doing that. And I'm like, <laughs> because, yeah, I'm like, I loved it. And I'd love yeah. to see, I mean, I hate that Scarsgar probably won't be a part of it, but mm-hmm. like everybody else was wonderful and I'm glad that they're doing it. So, I mean, but like with Happy too, it's like, it it's pretty well set to end, but if people like it, I guess they could go with it. And that's what we're seeing a lot of is they're taking these adapted stories that are bookend stories and then fledging them out a little bit. Yeah, depending on people, if people are into them or not. So I can see this going further if he doesn't kill her or one of them doesn't die, them trying to kind of um, figure out life as two people who are very screwed up. Yeah, because I I always loved the Dexter-Hannah relationship as both screwed up people because you sort of realize, like, Hannah was only a killer, like, you know, in circumstance. It wasn't like she was... Evil into Dexter was never really evil. He's yeah. just somebody that was broken and had this gift, you could say. I mean, even Harry saw it as is he didn't feel and did it as a duty. It wasn't like either one of them was ever seen as evil. And yeah. like with these kids, I don't think that they're like, I mean, because too, he's wanting to kill this girl because she seems pretty awful compared to like, yeah, yeah I exactly. mean, but yeah. And then he learns like, maybe not. She's maybe just broken. She's, maybe we're very yeah. similar to each other. Yeah, and I feel like it's like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very, it's a, obviously, as you can tell by the trailers, there's a lot of cussing, there's a lot of other stuff going on, <laughs> yeah. so it may, it's definitely not like a straight up teenage, I mean, it's teenage, yeah. but like, you know, not family friendly. Yeah, <laughs> and I like that it, I mean, clearly is more like along with um, British humor and stuff yeah. that's a little bit more out there, and I usually prefer that, that's why, yeah. you know, I like stuff like that, and you know, I always love like Black Adder and stuff, yeah. So it, it's going to be a little bit darker than probably a lot of typical American stuff, but it's going to be good. Yeah. Kind of like uh, how Stranger Things versus Dark is oh, yeah. on Netflix, yeah. which people should also watch. Dark is awesome. Yeah, that's on my it. list. It's yeah. really good. And it's been picked up for another season. I am excited because yeah. def- that's one show that definitely needs another season because I, I need to know what happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I hope that Outcast. I know they're finally going to release a second season in the U.S., um, but it's another one that I hope we get a third season yeah. because it, it was a good show. I mean, and it's a little dark, but, you know, even if you can't find a home on Cinemax, I'll throw money in it. Yeah. <laughs> But speaking of things I love throwing my money at, Stephen <laughs> Dorff has joined the cast of True Detective. I, for one, loved Vince Vaughn, but didn't really love season two as much as, yeah. like, because season one was my East Texans, uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey, yeah. and it was, like, one of the greatest TV shows of all yeah, time at that the, point. set the bar for it. Yeah, and so it was a little hard to really match that, even when you get a powerhouse like Vince Vaughn, but they didn't utilize him well. So I hope with Marshall Ali and Stephen Dorff being the two main detectives now, this will give the show the revelation that it needs. Like, because uh, Stephen Dorff, 
I don't care if you've done vape commercials, but Tegan Frost is still one of the coolest vampire <laughs> right? characters Blade. ever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. As soon as I saw it, I was like, Blade, oh my yeah. god, the guy from Blade, I love this guy. When my action figure eventually broke into pieces, I was so sad. I love that was, character and it, I love him. So, yeah. He played it so well and understated. Yeah. It was like, okay, this he kind of set the bar for like the modern age, you know, not Dracula, but yeah. modern age bad boy vampire sort of a deal. Not over the top, which I really dug. So it's great to see him in something new. And also, um, Carmen E. I always pronounce her name wrong. E. Jogo. Um, she's been in um, Sparkle and other films oh, yeah. and other movies and stuff. She's she's also one of the uh, main actresses for this season as well. So that'll be very interesting. Yeah, because I love Marshall Ali. And then Stephen Dorff, too, is somebody who hasn't been around for a while, even though like he did the Leatherface movie, which I have yet to see, but it didn't really get good reviews. But, like, if most people know Steven and a lot of his work, like, one of my favorite films he was in is Cecil B. Demented. And if you haven't seen this, watch it now. Like, John Waters is a weird guy, so everybody doesn't always like his movies. But this is one of his films that is a little bit more commercialized, like, so people can kind of, everybody can enjoy it. Steven basically plays a whacked-out Andy Warhol-type character, mm-hmm. which is funny since he was in I Shot Andy Warhol as Candy Darling. You know, yeah. I love dudes who play trannies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I recommend watching Cecil Be Demented, and I'll get it you geared up. Yes, thank you, Anthony, for bringing that up. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, Melanie Griffith is the co-star with him, and, like, this was Adrian Greener before um, Entourage, there's a lot of big people in this film and a lot of people haven't seen it but it's honestly Steven's got major crazy guys in it it's wonderful awesome yeah so I recommend watching it yeah this it. seems uh, this show this season of True Detective definitely seems like it's gonna be a powerhouse of uh, actors and uh, I think the I think the plot line is like some kids are missing which seems to be the consistent thing yeah. A lot of shows these days. Yeah. <laughs> kids it's like missing kids. <laughs> but um, nonetheless, I think that situation um, will cause for some really great acting material for them. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I'm like, this really puts me in the mindset to go back and watch. Because as I say, I love Vince Vaughn, but it just was kind of boring. Yeah. yeah. And two, Vince Vaughn actually is a good dramatic actor, going back to films before 2000 <laughs> that I love. Like, <laughs> you know, you saw, like, Clay Pigeons. Um, honestly, the psycho is funny. Like, you know, he, it's a shot-for-shot remake of the Anthony Porkins one. <laughs> it's funny. So, I mean, he had the chops. It just didn't really hit. And I feel like that's why they've taken their time with this. And they're yeah. really working at it because they saw where they went wrong. Yeah. And I like when shows do that. They're like, okay, we did this. Let's fix it. Yeah. That's always the curse yeah. with movies. Movies or TV shows of the slump of either the sophomore year yeah. or the slump of the sequel, where they kind of have to find their footing. I would argue that Stranger Things even went through it for the second yeah. season, where it's like, okay, the first season was really great. We have such a high bar to set, and then the second season is kind of like we're trying to do that. We're trying to do something different, and, it does, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't work. And some shows it works perfectly, and other shows it's like, oh, what is this going on? And I think maybe that was the case with True Detective, as it probably was the case with to me, of Stranger Things. So I think the third one will be the charm like Nightmare on Elm Street where yeah. Dream Warriors came back and just, we forgot about that second movie. Well, and too, like <laughs> horror tends to have that thing like Friday the 13th. The third one is way better than the second one. <laughs> it just like, happened. Yep, that's when we figured out put a hockey mask on yes. and we're a franchise. Oh, like, yes. yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is the third time's the charm and if you don't hit it then it was a fluke. But I, I feel like Okay, now now I'm in. Yeah, exactly. But speaking of things I'm all in on, Ash vs. Evil Dead has released their new promo for the show coming out on February 25th, and it's a commercial for shimps. And I hate that I forgot my shimps koozie, but let's just watch the trailer now. 
I remember when beer commercials were like this because Billy D. Williams would host them. <laughs> And I love how Dana looks. Like, Dana is so wonderful. Like, um, but yeah, I love her being full 80s and having fun with it. <laughs> yeah, like, Ash vs. Evil Dead is a goofy show, but I just can't wait for it to come back. So you gotta, you gotta help me with this. So Shemp's is an actual beer? No, it's, it's their <laughs> fake beer. Okay. Uh, it's been I a part of the... Because like <laughs> like, I watched it, I was like... I think there's something I'm supposed to be getting here. <laughs> it, it's like sort of like Morley's cigarette started with Twin Peaks and oh, then okay. became into X Files, like because X Files was inspired by Twin Peaks. It's like a fake brand name that they've oh. just gone with. And like with um, uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, that was something from, I don't remember if it's necessarily in the first Evil Dead. I don't think so, but I believe in Evil Dead 2 on. It's mentioned as Ash's favorite beer. You see a lot of it. Stars even gave me like a koozie that says oh, Shims. Okay. And <laughs> it's just a, a running gag, kind of like the Delta is a running gag, okay. their car. I mean, because that was like Sam yeah. Raimi's real car. So they tend to have little fun things like okay. that. Yeah. So, okay. So I think, I mean, I thought it was really cute, yeah. but I was just like, I think I'm missing the, <laughs> the inside joke here because I'm not a consistent watcher of it. But yeah, that's something that's been consistent with the movies. It's pretty funny, and I like that they keep little things like that. As I say, I love when I see Morley cigarettes pop up, because it started in Twin Peaks and X-Files. I mean, the cigarette-smoking men, we'll get to that later. But yeah, like that's been a popular thing. Before I get mad again, let's watch Channel Zero Butcher's Block new trailer, which this looks like fun. I love cannibals. <laughs> I said that way too enthusiastically. Yes. <laughs> family's wonderful and we will love you if you let us especially southern cannibals with rudger hauer at the family head just go with it hon you know it always disappointed me sometimes that my family wasn't like that because cannibals? that you know well yeah or at least like super <laughs> southern Texas and Chainsaw weird Massacre yeah i'm like, like i'm from east texas guys like could y'all like step it up man like yeah. be a stereotype for once yeah, this I I feel like I'm still I'm not totally sold on this concept because the first two seasons have been so eerie and so off the beaten path of what could be the scary thing. Like Castle Cove was totally like some kids show that was also kind of some weird dimension thing and then um no end house was about this mansion that you know you sort of got lost in as, as opposed to like a straight up scary home. And so this one they're going with more of the overt they're cannibals. So I'm like <laughs> I don't, I mean, maybe it's just my personal bias because I don't find cannibalism actually scary except for Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> because of the immediate danger of a guy with a chainsaw. <laughs> but the idea of like, oh, so you might go in these people's house and they might like kill you and eat you. I'm kind of like, um, I don't know how deep, like, because the first two seasons have been so in-depth, you know, like with yeah. the character studies and like the the backstory of people. So I'm wondering if they're going for some a totally different feel here, where it might be the difference of what we were just saying about how the third one is the one that kind of misses the mark from the first two. Yeah, and two, I wasn't that familiar with Channel Zero other than like seeing stuff. So, I mean, I don't have the same knowledge you have to see going into this. So I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I also like that finally it's rich people who are the cannibals not just yeah, your not poor the, people yeah yeah thank you thing, yeah right? like i'm like thank you for not being classist this time as though yeah. the, the rich don't try to screw us over yeah as working people 
<laughs> yeah, and it's like that's sort of to me is maybe the metaphor. Yeah, like and I like that, and I like Redger Hauer, and so I'm like this really seems cool to me, especially because I love when movies make fun of itself. Like, yeah, I'm and, from there exactly. And yeah. you know the thing about this one in particular, I do like the cast of this one because this, this cast is um, uh, the previous two casts were really good too. I didn't know them from previous work, but in this one we have people that we've kind of seen before. We have some teen. Wolf alumni yeah. in there, some Wreck-It Ralph actors <laughs> going on, and some other actors that we know about. So I think this will be a very good um, kind of play to see how they all play in together with uh, with the limited episodes. But once again, I'm kind of like, okay, I don't know, cannibalism. We'll see. I feel like I I feel like because I know the first two seasons, I feel like there's something deeper going on there. That the cannibalism, not necessarily the fake out, but maybe that's the overt thing, and there's something even deeper going on. Yeah, as I say, when they, you know, this is probably one of the first times other than like Gotham this season where it was alluded to the rich being the cannibals because usually it is more like backwoods southern yeah. folk like yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre or whatever so I feel like that's where their metaphor may be going as you mm-hmm. say there's usually something deeper with this and that's more interesting to me because yeah. as I say I love cannibals I mean I was really pissed <laughs> when the Terminus storyline like didn't pan out for more episodes yeah. I was like that's it Garrett it's like the coolest character I yeah. love Garrett and then so yeah I'm like okay good like we're getting some cannibals back on tv you know yeah. we need representation guys <laughs> we. I I'm, I'm not a cannibal <laughs> but i was like <laughs> no it should be interesting i'm looking forward to it and the great thing about channel zero is that they never stay off for too long yeah. it's channel zero it's like that's it kind of just they're off for a few months and the next thing you know you get a new trailer and it's coming back yeah because this is almost sort of like sci-fi is like american horror story where yeah. it's these can you know contain stories I that i, I didn't even it. realize existed exactly. until now no i told but it was yeah exactly yeah. it was channel zero or zero where I finally started hearing I had heard about the word what it's called creepy pastas or whatever <laughs> they're called where they're yeah. online and you don't somebody know somebody say creepy pasta yes yeah. <laughs> where they're like stories online I have heard of them before but I never really like went to go look for them but it was channel zero I was like wow stories like this exist online and they're just there yeah, for the, people to kind of dive into if huh. I could just add something uh, yeah. the, the first I, I remember seeing the first season I haven't seen the second one yet but the first season was a uh, inspired by a creepy pasta post that was called uh, Candle Cove. Yeah. And it was just, it's uh, how it's laid out is just, it's a forum, right? That, and people are adding to like, hey, do you guys remember watching this uh, ep- this uh, TV show while you were younger and stuff? And people start remembering, oh, yeah, I do remember that. And then more people start adding in and chiming in. And it's so surreal. It makes it feel so real because there's different people uh, with different usernames just chiming in and stuff. And at the very end, um, one of the users calls it, like uh, reveals that. He tells he asks his mom um, if she remembers that show, and she's like, the mom says like, oh yeah, it was really weird. Every time you'd say you'd watch Candle Cove, because you just stare at a TV screen and it would just be static. White yeah, noise. exactly. So oh. creepy. It was so creepy, and they totally played into that on the first yeah. season. And I think the second season was the same thing. It's sort of like this mythical like house that just pops up in random places, and you go in and you you know it's not even it's so sinister like you never come out. It's just like what the house is, and I won't like spoil it for people. But I just think it's so cool that there's this whole forum of people really just kind of going in on like it's kind of like community horror yeah like this is sort of a community story or sort of like you know like the thin man or slender man like you've heard that story but slender man which has a trailer yeah exactly i'm like that's a horror movie coming out but that's sort of based in the same reality of like this was a story that mostly people have just added to over the years that nobody really knows the origin yeah and i think that's the cool thing too what channel zero is doing and you know in a world right now where we have so many remakes 
base of stuff yeah. we've seen already. It's nice, even though these creepypastas have been around, to, to have it so that someone can, like, kind of mine them and, like, take these stories and put it in their own kind of way, but it's still original. I think it's really great. I think we need more of that than reboots. So. Yeah, because, you know, I'd rather see more original content. Because, as I say, like, yes, we've seen Cannibals a thousand times, but this is, like, a, a really high-class Southern family. How many times have you seen them be cannibals? This exactly. is interesting, and this is something people can relate to. And there's obviously a metaphor there, especially when dealing with the times we are now and a lot of still, like, classist issues. Yeah. And so it's good to see stuff like this be more original content, even if it is like a community of people in these stories, like that's still more original than as much as I love it than Friday the 13th or something. Exactly. That, yeah. I mean, Friday the 13th yeah. was original at one time, although yeah, exactly. most people argue it's like a ripoff of Halloween and stuff like that. But yeah. it's like, you know, there's this idea of like this original content that horror, the horror genre always seems to kind of lead in, which I really enjoy. And I think Channel Zero is a reflection of that. So I, I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah, I'm like, this looks great. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to watch it. I'm actually going to catch up on the other seasons before this comes out because this really intrigued me. And that's what I'm seeing with a lot of the horror TV stuff, and not just in doing this show, is that they're the, on the forefront of everything right exactly. now. And this is actually sort of surpassing the comic book genre in a lot of ways, which is on the end of the, their zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah you know. There's a lot of reboots, a lot of revampings. I mean, especially with this Fox and Disney buying Murder, and stuff yeah. like that. They're probably just going to redo X-Men and all that stuff again. <laughs> well, The Gifted at least got picked up for yeah. season two. But yeah. But yeah, yeah, so with horror, you have this idea, like Channel Zero is a reflection of always kind of being on the cusp of always finding a new thing to be afraid of. Yeah. You know, which is kind of awesome because it's one of our bases, like, emotions, fear and love. Well, so. and two, it doesn't always have to be an overt thing, like, with exactly. Get Out. Like, you know, that showed us that horror can be very real. I yeah. mean, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I like about where we're seeing more of the original stuff come is in this genre. But speaking of something that may be a reboot, um, but Gillian Anderson, this says this is it for Dana Scully. This She is not doing any more X-Files. And guess what? If she's not doing it, I'm not doing it either. And you shouldn't do it either, Chris Carter. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of anger going on. And, you yeah. know, I mean, she had alluded to it some yeah. months ago, and Fox didn't want to actually comment. They was like, oh, we don't comment with contract negotiation. But they pretty yeah. much just kind of solidified it. Because, you know, one of the things she was saying, like, well, wasn't this supposed to be like a one-go kind of sort of a thing? And in a way, I'm kind of glad that she's going, like, hopefully they won't try to extend it without her. Although they did the same thing when Mulder left for well, a bit with and, David Nukutney. And two, <laughs> as I say, those were some of the weaker moments. And it didn't work as well. And I feel like after that, they should have learned their lesson. And two, when we got that first six episode revival, it was awesome. But, like, they really didn't end it knowing that that could have been it. So that's why... I just don't trust Chris Carter, who says this is a good ending, but if it, it this is it, so it better end well. Yeah, I mean, not to spoil it for anyone, because no. it just premiered uh, yeah. the... We can do a season. spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler the, the, alert. The, the yeah. spoiler alert, yeah. because I don't know what happened with this first episode of this season, because yeah. they just kind of... Yeah. They crapped on canon. I don't oh, yeah. know I, what they were thinking and making it, and somehow this better be a, a like a fake out, that that is not Mulder and, um, you know, Scully's baby. Yeah, the, <laughs> William, and this was my issue with the first six of the revival, is it was all about William and sort of bringing them back together with their son and how he's crucial and all this. And then I was pissed when they crapped on it then. And I may have said some choice words at that time. But also, the thing is, is all you've done now in this first episode is crap on that again. With the reveal that 
Mulder is not actually William's father. I, I, uh, I'm glad you're putting that in quotation yeah. marks. I'm just hoping that's reveal. not really yeah. a reveal because, yeah. you know, one of the things and what we were talking about with Archie, with Sabrina and the same thing with X-Files is that there's an essence to a show. There's a core. There's a center that draw, drives everyone there. Like Supernatural, it's the brothers. You know, yeah. it's this idea of this relationship of the essence of these characters and what they fight for. And when you crap on that, when you just kind of like, let me do a ratings grab or like you need that with the X-Files. Yeah. People are going to watch either way. It's kind of like, what's the point? I don't like, I mean, I'm I'm really, I get annoyed with storytelling that seems like a plot twist is just there for the sake of a plot twist as opposed to what it can add to the the wider story. Yeah, as I say, that's the reason that I don't watch Shondaland. I watch soaps, but I yeah. get really angry with them a lot of times when it's like, this made no sense. You just did this for ratings. And yeah. two, it's like, I get y'all need the ratings because it's daytime, but it's still just like, things need to make sense. And these are two great actors who their chemistry, this is what everybody's been tuning in. Even if they'd never gotten together romantically, when you had given us a child with them, don't take that away and certainly make it where it's basically, you know, sexual assault. No matter how you color it, it's it's like, like, yeah. And especially in this day and time, what we're going through, you know, in in Hollywood and the larger thing of women on the job of the Me Too movement, yeah. it's kind of like why do you yeah. need to do this? It's like it's it kind of like really unnecessary. And it's, it's kind of like you need, it's kind of like shoehorned in, and it's like you don't need to do that. It's kind of like when the Arrow writers were talking about doing the Black Lives Matter movement. It's like why you don't need to do that. It's like this is their show. We like this sort of thing right here. You don't need to try to do that because maybe you won't be able to do it well. And then what? And it's gonna backfire. And I just feel like with such a strong character like Scully. I love yeah. her so much. It's like you didn't need to make her go through. I mean, she's gone through so much in the X-Files. And like any main character does. Usually, depending on the writer, you know, main characters have to go through a lot of crap. But for this particular one to open up the season like that, it's it was just not a good feeling. Well, it's the reason I got off of SVU for a while is because Olivia Vinson, much like da- Dr. Dana Scully, let's be clear, Dr. Dana Scully, who's yeah. also an FBI agent, these are beautiful, strong women. Why do we have to rape them? I mean, I'll just say it. It's as callous as it can be because that's what they love to do. Is yeah, like, it's gratuitous let's, at this let's point. Let's brutalize them and rape them as much as we can. And it's like, that is not okay. Yeah. And I don't like living in a world where every strong female character, for some reason, has to go through this shit. Yeah, it's like this yeah. one. It's, it's one of those things where it becomes... And I can see why, you know, I guess this leans into why yeah. like Jillian might be like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Because at this point, there comes a point where if you keep this character around, you're going to lose what makes this character so great or what makes this show so great the longer we go on this instead of getting rid of it. And it's one of those things where I, I find it lazy writing. When, it is. When, when they put women through certain things such as, you know, rape and things like that. Because it's like, why Why do you... Like, that goes on in the world. I mean, statistics yeah. show this happens, like, every hour to women all across the, the globe. You know, it's terrible. And it's like, that's not entertainment to me. No, and as I say, there have been instances on television where I saw it done with respect and it had a true purpose, gave a character arc. And that's why I'm like... There is a place for it, but it's few and far between. And now in this day and age, because as I say, I can, you know, just going back to daytime, I was like, um, Marty Saybrook on One Life to Live and Elizabeth on on General Hospital were stuff that I grew up with in the 90s. But the way that those were portrayed was a character arc. It made sense. And it did so much for those characters. 
and built it and they did it in a really respectful way. But yet since then, since the 90s, have I seen any good stories because all of it has been gratuitous and just violence against women for no reason. It's always usually a strong female character. Like, I'll say, as much as I love Sons of Anarchy and this storyline, the rape of Gemma was just gratuitously violent for no reason and... They did it in The Magicians yeah. on I mean, sci-fi. That what? just came, yeah, yeah, like a ghost just randomly did it to one of them. And it was just like, why? What? Yeah, like, what was my, the point? You know, we, I was, and I was just like, okay, we're done with this show. Because what's the point of that? If it's And especially in this day and age, we should be more, for, I feel like, further ahead when it comes to women characters to not have to not go on that lazy trope when yeah. it comes to their character development. Yeah, because that's the thing. As I'll say, with certain elements in daytime, I've seen where... I saw why they did it, where it worked, and it was done in a respectful way. They did the PSAs. And two, as we say, like with anything, there is some element of violence that needs to be on TV to teach a lesson. But that's the thing, is most of it now is used just to go the opposite way. It's a plot point. And and especially for the fact that, you know, it's it's statistics show that women are more than 50% of, you know, a lot of fandom. We don't need to be subjected to it. I just just think it's (laughs) unnecessary at this point. It's like taking consideration your audience, especially with the show like X-Files, with all this history, the crap on the canon and in a a way to do it in such a way that's so sort of demeaning to to a character we've all come to love. It's like, where are you going with this, Chris Carter? Well, and yeah, that's the thing, is the problem here is Scully is one of the strongest female characters in my lifetime. One of the few that I could always relate to, in a way, because she was smart, and she was always, you know, in the forefront of her relationship with Mulder, whether it be romantic or otherwise. Scully is a strong character, so to take that away from her in this moment, and she doesn't even know. Yeah. That's the problem I have. Is like there's just a lot ugh. wrong with this plot line, and I mean it's one of those things where I guess the news will be whether or not Fox is going to end this after this season. Hopefully, they'll end it in a way where fans will be satisfied that the reboot happened and that we got a little bit more added to the story, but in a way that doesn't crap on the history that we've come to love. Yeah, because that's the thing is most of us are hoping that this is a fake out just to sort of get it scanner on the cigarette smoking man <laughs> side. But like the thing is, is like if it's not. Like, Shame on you, Chris Carter. I don't care. I've said so much crap about you. F it. Whatever. (laughs) You're a bad person if this is what you do to your female character. I'm sorry. And then you're like, yeah, there is no X-Files without Jillian. But then you ruin her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk about Lucifer. That show's happy. Like, (laughs) even though it's about Satan, at least I can always count on him to make me smile. And what we got this week with Lucifer as it was back is it went back to when Lucifer first decided to come to Los Angeles and leave hell. And I liked how this episode explained sort of why he decided to stay. I mean, we go into, like, him uh, helping Aminadale, who's his brother, played by the beautiful D.B. Woodside. (laughs) Let's just take a moment to think about that, because they do have a scene where they buy box or MMA and they have their shirts off and yeah Minadil, you know Lucifer I love you but your skinny little white body just does not <laughs> match up to your brother <laughs> but yeah like and that's really cute and a lot of it was a lot of their brotherly love and showing Chloe and Dan before they were divorced and things like that so it was good to sort of see these characters and how they came about and how um, Mazakine comes in with Lucifer and why they decide to stay in Los Angeles is Lucifer helps Minadil find his necklace that means so much to him because father gave it to them god and then um you know he's trying to get lucifer to go back to his job as you know aminadil is always god's right hand man 
But when he assesses that he knew Lucifer was the person to help him find it because Lucifer was evil and he knew, you know, a criminal, and Lucifer gets offended. And he's like, that's not how I see myself. Mm. And that's why he decided to stay, because he's like, that's how they see me. I want to be here on Earth helping people, because I've always been one to help people indulge in their desires. I never punish anyone who hasn't done anything wrong. I mean, and he doesn't see himself as evil. Mm. And I thought this was a really good way of sort of explaining what we didn't really always see. You know, Lucifer obviously wanted to help the police, you know, when his friend was murdered, which was in the pilot. But we didn't know why he stayed in Los Angeles. So it was good to see that why he decided to stay was his brother calling him evil and how he had never seen himself that way. And knowing that that's how the world sees him, it's sort of his way of changing that. Because, too, it sort of makes you think, is Lucifer isn't necessarily inherently evil. He disobeyed God, but he is to punish the wicked, not the wicked himself. Yeah. You know, he let he gives people temptation and it is their free will to take it. And that's what he talks about is I don't make people do bad things. I give them a choice. And so it was interesting to see that's the perspective that they've taken, because I've always felt that this was more along the lines of Anton LaVey's version of the Satanic Bible and that it's not necessarily Satan is evil. Satan punishes evil. And, you know, people giving into their hedonism and indulgence is what is wrong. Yeah. Mm. That's deep. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> wow. Hey, there's like, a yeah. lot going on there. There's a lot of de- to debate. Not to want to. Yeah. <laughs> people about Satanism. I, that's not this show. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, we, we really have other cool. shows. And it was like cool to see no, that because really cool. it's always like fun and interesting. But it's like, yeah, like, and that's like how you make Lucifer a character and be palatable. It's like, Lucifer punishes evil. He isn't really evil. He's just yeah. self-indulgent like a child. That's really interesting yeah. that they actually wanted to dive into that origin. And yeah. I think, I mean, do you think that's maybe necessary because they want to make it so, like, to kind of... I mean, I would guess because this is his show, people, if you're watching, you already like him. Yeah. But to kind of understand that it's not, I'm not just straight up evil. I'm not just kind of learning. This is, I've never been that way. Yeah, and that was the thing is he was offended by the 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 notion of him being evil mm-hmm. because he's like I'm an angel, I'm a fallen angel, but I'm an angel. I'm mm-hmm. punishing the wicked. And that was good because even South Park and a lot of other things have touched on that is like, you know, without evil there could be no good. So like, you know, there sort of has to be someone there the and that's the yeah. And that, and that's interesting because yeah, I mean, do we even know of anything where Lucifer actually hurt anyone in any mythology there is? Or it's like, no, he punishes the wicked. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see, and we'll see. Tom Welling comes back next week as Cain, yeah. and he also, you know, maybe the first murderer in the Bible or whatever mythology you subscribe to. Um, but at the same time, he is also like. I came to you, Lucifer, because I want to die. He's been immortal this whole time, and that's actually followed up in Supernatural Day. They did a similar storyline with Cain, because Cain is considered the first murderer, but even then, it's like he murdered his brother out of jealousy, but even murders can be redeemed, and him living, you know, immortal life, you know, he he wants to just go home as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Cool. Deep. (laughs) Deep. Deep thoughts. (laughs) Let's get into Ghost Wars. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's going to be that deep as yeah. the, as the well, Bible. It's got Kim Cotes. <laughs> yes, cool. it does have Kim Cotes <laughs> and some really great actors in it. I'm not going to go into too many details because... Um, by the time you see this, or when you see this, or if you're watching this, uh, the season finale of Ghost Wars is actually happening this week. And, um, and we're crossing our fingers. I am crossing my fingers and 
sacrificing or whatever altar I need to in order to get a season two. But um, basically what's been happening, it's not just ghosts anymore. It's not just an evil orgasmic egg. It's also <laughs> body snatchers <laughs> yes. that have come into um, Port, Port Moore. Um, just to give a little bit of the last two episodes that happened. Um, basically last week, Father Dan set on fire that held the large, uh, a large growing mucus or whatnot because he's been battling with that and the people it's been taking in and spitting back out as body snatchers. And so one of the um, episodes, which was the pain connection, pretty much focused on that for a lot of it. And um, basically, not only was that going on, but you got a little bit more into who Abigail was, the creepy young girl. And whether or not she was really dead or whether or not she was Abigail or possessed. And we got a little bit more into that. And um, in Pain Connection, it was very much Father's Dan's episode because he kind of goes out, um, not to, spoiler alert, he kind of goes out up into that episode, a sort of a hero in trying to uh, stop the, the body snatchers, which is now another element um, of, of, ghost, of, of the ghost wars that's happening in Port Moore. And also Paleo. Um, Paolo, who uh, was, as people might remember, one of the um, lab people um, who's working with Dr. Landis, um, basically got snatched up and his wife, Carla, got pregnant while he was seemingly dead. Um, but it was his body snatcher part pod thing that had sex with her, and now she's having a pod baby of some sort. That's also, as we find out in the next episode, it's kind of feeding off her energy, and she becomes a pod person, too. So it's a whole thing. And then by the other episodes, you see that not only is that going on, but now people... Um, Roman, who is uh, kind of, I don't want to say the ghost slayer. He's just kind of the seer. He can basically make it so he can help. One of the weapons they get that they figure out with Ghost Wars is that they kind of have to meet the ghost on their plane, right? So how do you meet the ghost on their plane? Well, Roman is able to help people take their souls out of their body living people so that they can now battle the ghost so there's a lot of ghost battling going on and this, they just kind of threw everything it's on it it's literally ghost wars now <laughs> like just, oh now i understand the title yes. yeah. and it's, it's really great what they've done here because at first it, it kind of started off as this creepy town mystery thing and, and it's grown into this i don't want to say sci-fi it's still very much horror if you ask me because they got body snatchers in there they have uh you know orgasmic eggs that seem to be something out of the bible and whatnot and it's also a very human story in the fact that these characters are trying to kind of save their small town in Alaska so that's what's going on and then basically we say bye to Norman because you know our town deputy who was also the kind of deputy sheriff because he doesn't want to live anymore in the in the post-apocalypse ghost war that's going on so when his when his soul leaves his body he decides that he doesn't actually want to go back to it so it kind of has a ghost suicide sort of thing that happens as well which is also i mean if you if you've liked this character thus far you're kind of sad that he's going and um it becomes it kind of becomes a fight for abigail's soul and, and whether or not the creepy little girl and whether or not they can save her and this um, season finale, it's kind of like the culmination of all that, kind of the climax. And we'll see what happens. There's a meteorite uh, landing and whatnot. There's a lot going on here. And I'm just, I kind of just want to give the teaser because I want to entice people to watch it. But also, if you don't watch it on sci fi, one of the things that have been announced is that it will be on Netflix. 
the first season so that you can binge this really awesome show and all of its uh, 13 episodes. Yeah, and I hope that means that they are invested in this show because I have yet to watch it, but every time you recap this, I'm like, I have to watch this show. This looks so good. Yeah. And I mean, so now that it's going to be on Netflix, I hope we get a second season. I really yeah. do, too. Yeah. I've been, like, I've been kind of, like, every time one of them from the show, like, tweets or something, I just kind of retweet, like, this is great. Are we getting a second season? <laughs> like, I'm just asking, like, can you tell us? I mean, we didn't know about Z Nation until, like, after the season finale this um this uh, two weeks ago, that's when we found out that Z Nation was coming back. So it may be the same thing with Ghost Wars, where sci-fi is trying to do it at like the 11th or 12th hour when it comes to the renewal. But I think it's been doing okay with the ratings. And I think it's one of those shows where, I mean, it's been doing okay with the ratings. I think it's one of those shows where I feel like a second season and people being allowed to watch it on Netflix will bring people to the second season. And that's kind of what happened with Riverdale, where yeah. the ratings weren't like as high as they are. Because the ratings for second season have gone higher, and a lot of people attributed that to the Netflix binging. So we live in a time now where maybe the first season isn't doing ex- like exceptional, but you can put it on binge and people can. Well, and too, because yeah. sometimes, like the thing is with Ghost Wars, I had never even heard of it until you brought it up. And uh, especially with cable networks like Sci-Fi that don't always get as much press, yeah. you don't always know it's there until it's gone. And I'll attribute that because there's been a lot of shows that I'm like, I can't believe nobody was watching, but you don't see a lot of press. Because yeah. I'll say like the grinder on Fox for a comedy. I was yeah. like, this is brilliant, but nobody watched it. And we always kind of hope for a Netflix revival. And that's the thing with Ghost Wars already going to Netflix. If sci-fi says, hey, maybe we can't do it, but you could. Netflix. That'll work. I need this show to continue. I love it. Yeah, it sounds so good. (laughs) I can't wait to watch it. Yes. (laughs) Definitely. All right. Well, I think that's it for our Horror TV Weekly this week. Where can they keep up the conversation with you, Chauncey? Well, I'll be on Twitter. Um possibly cussing Chris Carter out <laughs> yeah. uh, for the rest of X-Files season at Miss Chauncey KR. Well, uh, while Chris Carter's working on those restraining orders for us, you guys can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And be sure to watch the X-Files after show where I'll continue to bitch about this for a whole hour. It is on 9 p.m. on Thursdays right here on the same channel on AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.